Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. 
lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning, St. Louis and all points in North East, South, and West. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. You can also hear us on the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, and any place that you listen to find podcasts. But you can also hear us right here on our own website. The only live show is here, 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, Central Daylight Time. Well, we had a week off as we moved our offices, and uh, we had hoped to get back on Thursday or Friday, but Charter made sure we wouldn't do that. Their incompetent boobs came out here and messed up the entire setting, and so we had to have a smart guy come out, a younger guy. First, they sent us an old guy who was a contract guy from Chicago. Last time I heard of a contract guy from Chicago there was a murder involved. So I wasn't thrilled when I found that out. But then we had a good old normal young kid come out the next night, and he did everything correctly. So here we sit, ready to bring back the fastballs, ready to bring back the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence and not innuendo and stupidity, which are hallmarks of liberal thinking. No, that's not what we're all about. And here in the Window World King's Court, we don't pull any punches. We bring you the truth. We invite you to share in it. You can call us at any time, 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. And as always, we are proud to present the show through Window World autoplazadirect.com, Taco Bell, and our other sponsors. Our good friends at Window World, and I'm going to have to get Window World windows into the new office now because I don't trust any other windows after being spoiled with Window World windows. They're simply the best for less, and they'll prove it to you with a free in-home estimate. All you have to do is call them, 314-993-1800, 314-993-1800, and they'll come out to your house. And they'll prove to you why they're the best for us. It's not just a slogan. They're the preferred window of the Blues. They're the official window of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. They're one of only two windows that have ever gotten the good housekeeping seal of approval. At Window World, they offer you a lifetime warranty. It covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. Now, they can do that because they use double-strength glass. My Window World windows, I wasn't afraid anymore because of the beautiful nature of the double-strength glass. That double-strength glass meant hail didn't scare me. Hail had broken through my original windows, didn't scare me anymore because I've got a warranty, a lifetime warranty against glass breakage. It's unbelievable, isn't it? 
In fact, they're so durable, I stood there, stood on them, kicked them, dropped them, tried to crease them, damage them, dent them, break them in any way, and I couldn't do it. That's a strong window. Get that free in home estimate where Window World offers you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. Well, while I was away, the Cardinals engaged in some of the mo- most pathetic baseball I've ever seen. Yick. And they tried to lose the third out of four games to the Pirates yesterday. Imagine going into a four-game series at home, going into game four of the series against the Pirates, needing a win for a split, and having to stage a strong comeback in order to get it. This team's going nowhere. It's going to be a long summer for Cardinal fans. Sadly, baseball is bad all over. That should encourage Cardinal fans because they play in this pathetic division. And so that's very bizarre. I don't understand that. How they get so lucky every year to be in this pathetic division. But there they are. And so they get to play the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs. But this year they only get to play them 13 times apiece, where they were playing them 19 times before because the schedule has changed, where you play everybody. I don't like that. I'd rather divisional play decide divisional champions. But baseball has never ceased in finding ways to screw it up, and so they do. But there was also a lot going on in the world while we were away, not just in the baseball world. Wuhan Willie Otala Biden decided he would visit he, he would visit um, Ireland while, while we were off the air. It's a good thing because I was holding my breath. I'm Irish. I don't want this guy anywhere near my country. And yet there he was, and there were Irish people applauding him. Now, I'm sure they were paid to, to form a crowd around him and act like he was a rock star. Somebody had to pay somebody. Nobody does that for free. They wouldn't even do it in his own country here. Which is stranger still that he gets nothing here. But over there, he got a big round of applause. He's trying to destroy the UK. He's trying to destroy the European Union. He's trying to destroy everything over in Europe, as he is here. Crap just follows this guy around, doesn't it? Like an obedient dog. But now things are coming out. And as we begin the day... Ten years ago that we had the Boston Marathon bombings, as the running of the Boston Marathon will take place again today, Biden is back home at the White House, safely ensconced away from the probing eye of the media, which consisted of children while he was in Ireland. He allowed children to ask him questions. One of them stumped him terribly with a simple question, like what was the top step to success? Biden's response, after Hunter Biden pointed out the question, was to be COVID free. <laughs> well, I got news for you. There's a lot of people unemployed in your economy who are COVID free, and they don't consider that a step to success. They consider a job a step to success, a worthwhile job, you know, the kinds that we had when Donald Trump was president, where nobody was hurting, no inflation to speak of, highest employment rate among minorities in history. 
that this pathetic economy that he continues to brag about. He was doing it while he was in Ireland, too. But here's what should bother Biden. While he was away, Mike McCormick, a former stenographer in the Obama White House, who was the stenographer for all things vice president, which was Biden at the time, was on Air Force Two. And and, and this is something that he wants to testify to when Jake Sullivan, one of the corrupt Biden officials now, also in the Obama line of corruption, came to the media after conferring with Biden about what to tell them regarding fracking, and Mike McCormick tells us the rest. Jake Sullivan comes back, and somebody asks him about fracking. His answer is, well, we're bringing a lot of American assistance over for fracking. Burisma was the direct beneficiary of that fracking. And that's what I recorded. And that's in a White House transcript. In the the transcript, you don't know who Jake Sullivan is. It's a senior administration official. I'm the witness that says Jake Sullivan is the guy who said it. And he should be investigated because at the time, Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma. This was 2014 when this was going on. But McCormick didn't stop there. He took his knowledge to the FBI. And he, Mike McCormick, says Biden is not only a criminal, but he's not alone. In February, I went to the FBI and filed one of their tips on their website. If you do that and you're lying to them, you go to jail. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. And I'm not going to jail. Joe Biden is a criminal. He was conducting malfeasance in office to enrich his family. Jake Sullivan is a conspirator in that. And there's more uh, There's more Obama officials involved in it, I believe. Wow, this is bombshell stuff. Now, this is, you know, the media loves to say bombshell information. This is bombshell stuff. He has the evidence that the Bidens and Obama's regime were all in cahoots. Two days after this, $50 million was allocated from uh, Congress to Ukraine for their energy development, meaning Hunter Biden's pocket. Now, is McCormick going to testify, or are you just going to talk to the media and tell them this? Correct. There's a grand jury right now in in, uh, Wilmington, Delaware. They've been seated for three years with a special prosecutor named David Weiss. If David Weiss can't have me in front of his grand jury explaining what I know as a witness, that's a fraudulent grand jury. It's a fraudulent use of the American judicial system to cover for Barack Obama and Joe Biden's crimes in office. Wow. Now, what's going to happen? This federal prosecutor, this special prosecutor, hasn't even called him. He has gone on that FBI situation site and and told this story. As he said, he'd be going to jail if he was telling a lie. He's not lying. The corrupt wheels of this government continue to turn. And yet no one does anything about it. Here's a guy willing to come forward, willing to tell what he knows. And nobody calls him. Because special prosecutors are a special kind of corrupt. They are not independent. They never have been. 
I'm starting to think the only independent person in the law today is Alan Dershowitz. He doesn't care what side of the political spectrum you fall on. He calls a spade a spade. He's never voted for Trump, yet he has defended Trump in the impeachment hearing. He's never voted for Trump, yet he has written a book called Get Trump, which is what the liberals have tried to do now for six years, seven years. Instead of appointing him as a special prosecutor, of course Biden would never do that, he appoints his corrupt cronies who have one agenda, get Trump. Mike McCormick should be the witness in every Biden investigation going forward. I'm assuming Jim Jordan and the rest of the Republicans in the House conducting these oversight investigations will call McCormick. I'm assuming. However, assumptions when it comes to these congressional bozos many times are fake and stupid, and I shouldn't do it. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't know why this goes on. And yet it does. And what in the world can we do about it? Well, we can hope that people like Mike McCormick are heard. That's number one. But if he's not, then where does all of this go? This is a guy who's risking his life. Risking his life. Certainly his career. And no special prosecutor will call him. Three years this special prosecutor has been on the job. Three years. And nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't get it. I do not get it. I mean, I know what's going on. But it's corrupt beyond belief. And so I don't understand that part of it. Who's going to step in? Who's going to listen to Mike McCormick? I don't know. It better be the House, because if not them, I don't know. It certainly isn't going to be that special prosecutor. That didn't happen. And that alone is scary, right? So bizarre. But this guy sort of came out of nowhere. I hadn't heard anything about him. Very little media coverage, of course. That's always the case. But there he sits. And why? Why have we not heard of him? I don't get it. I just don't get it at all. 
This should have been front page news everywhere. And yet it's not. The evidence is everywhere. The evidence has always been everywhere, though. Nancy Mace is a congresswoman. Her reaction to Mike McCormick, do you believe him? Oh, yeah, it's, it's totally and completely corrupt. They've denied everything, that every fact that Republicans have brought forward. At some point, I'm sure they're going to trot out James Clapper out of the freezer, just like they did over the uh, Hunter Laptop disinformation scheme, uh, to deny this as well. That's what they do. <laughs> trot James Clapper out of the freezer. Out of the freezer. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. I love that line. But it's true. They bring their liars out. They'll sign any document. They don't care about the truth of it. They don't care who they lie to. And believe me, when the stakes are this high, they'll lie to anyone. And my theory about that I espoused a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, that perhaps there isn't even a war in Ukraine. Because every time you see Zelensky and you see Biden or Pelosi going over there, they're strolling down the public square outside of his mansion, which should be easily located, and no damage and no missiles and nothing happens. And now celebrities are going over there. Lara Logan noticed that, and nothing's happening to them. Just on the airport road to take you from the airport in Baghdad uh, into the, the center of the city. And it was the most dangerous road in the world. At that time, people were dying on that road every day. There were, you know, some months where over 100 people died in Baghdad every single day of the week or almost every day. And I lived in that city for five years straight. I lived in Afghanistan for years. I've never seen anything like the parade of celebrities that are showing up in uh, Ukraine today. It's, I mean, it's the biggest indication that you have that things are not, they don't consider things dangerous on the ground because they would never take that risk otherwise. Exactly. Do you think country singers would be strolling over to Ukraine if there was a risk? Well, if there's no risk, is there a war? And if there's a war, why is there no risk? I'm at the point where I don't believe anything this government says. Not a thing. It used to be that the definite, the, de- the defining point between the good guys and the bad guys was clear, easy to see. They were bad, we were good. But now is, is the line blurred or is there no line between Biden, China, Russia, North Korea? They're all the same. They're all corrupt. And it's pretty arrogant of the United States to ever consider China more corrupt than we are. How dare us think that? Because it's not true, number one. They're certainly more efficient. They're going around courting Brazil now. We've lost Brazil. We've lost France. Not that France matters that much. All the minerals in Afghanistan that we've lost, all the availability, we continue to rely on China. This myth about electric cars is nothing but that. It's a myth. It's a lie. It's all a lie. There will be no such thing as an electric car market, I promise you, other than the extremely wealthy, and they'll only use it as a toy. It will never, understand this now, here it is, April 17th at about 7.20 uh, a.m. Write it down. 
this country will never have an electric vehicle market for the mass audience. Never. You say, well, why? A, it's not practical. But B, it's impossible. It's still going to rely on fossil fuels in the end. You watch and see it's going to take the grid to power these cars. No one's going to wait hours to charge a car. No one. No one's going to spend $80,000 on a car, except wealthy people. It's never going to happen. None of this crap is ever going to happen. And yet they hold up this country hostage. We were the number one energy producer in the world under Trump. We were energy independent. People were looking to us for energy. And now we're begging Venezuela. Good God. So is there a war? I don't know. They lie about everything. But why are these people feeling so safe to go over there and walk the streets with the president of Ukraine if it's so dangerous? Remember when this war, quote-unquote, started, Zelensky was making himself known on videos from different locations, different hideouts every day. But not anymore. Well, what changed? Why was it dangerous then, but not now? You'd think it would be more dangerous now. They haven't gotten him. you think the Russians would be pulling out all stops to get Zelensky, right? Something changed. Old, old Zelensky doesn't feel in fear. He can stroll down public square with Biden and that hideous drunk Pelosi and celebrities. What the hell's going on here? I didn't see Saddam Hussein walking down the streets of Iraq with Bill Maher. But Zelensky feels pretty safe. And so while all this corruption festers in Washington, you have the Department of Justice, the most corrupt government agency in our history. That's right, more than the FBI. Remember, the FBI answers the Department of Justice. So the head of the snake is Merrick Garland. And his latest target, remember parents, that was his target. Of course, Trump is always his target. His latest target are Catholics and Christians. Now, as much as he hates parents and as much as he hates Trump, he really hates Catholics and Christians, too. And a memo that was leaked has now surfaced. And it was out of the field office in Richmond, Virginia, that they planned to spy on Catholic churches as part of an effort to, quote-unquote, protect people from the threat of white supremacy the threat that the FBI believed to have found a home within Catholics who prefer the Latin Mass. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Josh Hawley asked Garland point blank at a hearing if he's targeting Catholics and Christians. Uh, our department um, is, uh, 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 protects all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have... Uh, any uh, bias against any religion of any kind. Well, you could have surprised me because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state, your answer frankly surprises me. Jim Jordan wrote a letter to the FBI to Christopher Wray, and in it he says that based on the limited information produced by the FBI to the committee, documents from the agency show that Catholic houses of worship 
were enlisted as sources to help monitor and report on parishioners. Did you go to church yesterday, folks? Guess what? While you were there, if you were in a Catholic church, there was most likely an FBI spy in there with you. Is that incredible? So the FBI has planted so-called tripwire sources and other informants in houses of worship now. Jordan said the FBI purported to categorize Catholic Americans based on theological distinctions and relied on the Southern Poverty Law Center to suggest certain kinds of Catholic Americans may be domestic terrorists. Certain kinds of Catholics. What kinds are they talking about? Kinds that go to worship every Sunday? The kinds that do wonderful things in their communities? Those kind? The kind who preach... The Christian doctrine, those kind? Christopher Ray, of course, quickly tried to do damage control, as he always does, and issued a statement saying that the memo that's been uncovered does not meet the exacting standards of the FBI and that headquarters have removed it from the system upon learning of it. Right. You lying piece of crap. So, Josh Hawley, did Garland lie to you when he said that they don't target Catholics? It sure looks like it. Uh, Listen, he knew at the time that he couldn't answer the question because it looked so bad. He knew that it looked beyond the pale, and it is beyond the pale, for the FBI to be going into any church in America and trying to spy on Americans. And now we know that's exactly what they were doing. They are infiltrating churches. They are trying to spy on us. They regard churches, apparently, as the enemy and church-going Americans as akin to terrorists. And yeah, the attorney general sat right there and told me, no, we don't do that. And now we know they do, in fact, target churches. And they have been. There's got to be accountability for this. He's got to be called on the carpet. The House needs to call him. The Senate should call him, too, but the Democrats will never do it. There's got to be some accountability. And the targeting of Christians and churches has got to end. Well, that's all true. A lot of what Josh Hawley says is true, but very little gets done. And he's right, the Senate will never do it. It's not Josh Hawley's call. He's in the minority. But he's right, the House needs to call witnesses, and they are. Jordan isn't sitting on this. So they're going to do their job. And once and for all, while while we love to talk about impeachments since Donald Trump was in office, we hadn't mentioned the word impeachment since Bill Clinton, but as soon as Donald Trump got in, oh, impeachment, impeachment. Well, since you're in the mood for impeachment in Washington, I've got a list of names for you. It begins, of course, with Biden and Harris and Pelosi so that we can kill the three heads right away. But if you don't think Merrick Garland and Christopher Wray are corrupt, you don't know what corruption is. These these people are two of the most corrupt government officials in the history of our country, and that's saying something since Christopher Wray serves in the proud tradition of James Comey, Louis Free, Mueller, J. Edgar Hoover himself, and every other corrupt son of a bitch who's ever run the FBI. There hasn't been a real straight, non-corrupt citizen ever who's run the FBI. Ever. In its entire existence. It is the mob. It's ironic that the FBI would have investigated the mob in New York in all those years when it's the FBI that's the real mob. 
If you didn't have business with the mob, they didn't mess with you. If you did, look out. But with the FBI, you don't have to have business with them. They target you anyway. If you dare to think differently than they do, if you think differently about how businesses should be run than the mob, the mob leaves you alone unless you enter into the fray. The FBI, if you dare to disagree with what they think, they target you, they investigate you, they jail you. If you don't think they do, just look at the political prisoners of January 6th and look at how they do nothing to the people in Tennessee. Look at how they pursue Donald Trump, but they do nothing to Obama, Clinton, Biden, George Bush for that matter. How can you believe that the FBI isn't corrupt, that the Department of Justice isn't corrupt? How can you believe that? If you know someone who doesn't believe they're corrupt, you know a full-fledged imbecile or a Democrat. Of course, those are synonyms. They've always been synonyms. (laughs) I mean... What religious group are they coming after next? I can promise you this. They'll never go after the Jews. The Jews won't stand for it. They won't stand for it. And the Catholics and the Christians should not stand for it either. This needs to end. Holly's correct. It needs to end, and I'm counting on the House to end it. Let's see what happens. Remember, it won't end until there's a change in the White House because no matter what Jordan, no matter what Comer, no matter what any of them do in the House, they cannot bring charges. They can simply refer to the Department of Justice that criminal charges be brought against Merrick Garland. See how far that's going to go? Christopher Wray, see how far that's going to go? Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden, see how far that's going to go? Until a Republican is president, it won't happen. And whoever is president, whether it's Trump or someone else, no more Jeff Sessions, no more William Barrs running the Department of Justice. An attorney general who has balls, who has a spine, who has no agenda, but will actually follow the evidence and then pursue justice wherever it goes. All these mouthpieces, well, we pursue the evidence wherever it leads us. No, you don't, you lying piece of crap. Pam Bondi has been a prosecutor at the local level in Florida and as the state's attorney general. Are these prosecutions against Trump political prosecutions? 100%. As a former state prosecutor, what Alvin Bragg is, and as a former attorney general, what Letitia James is, it is 100%. When you're a prosecutor of any kind, if there's an appearance of a conflict, you get off the case. Your office gets off the case. Here, it, it isn't even an appearance. It is an inherent conflict, and they're touting it. They're proud of it. Not even 90 days ago when she was sworn in again, she talked about, before she talked about protecting New Yorkers from crime, from rapists, from anything, she talked about going after Donald Trump. Yes, she did. And she's typical. She's an extension of the Department of Justice. When you can target Catholics and Christians and call Catholics violent extremists. 
You have an anti-Catholic bigotry festering in the FBI. You have an anti-Trump bigotry festering at every level of liberal leadership in government. And when she talks about Letitia James running on a Get Trump agenda, well, let's, let's revisit Letitia James in her campaign. I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. I believe that the president of these United States can be indicted for criminal offenses. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to do it. We're going to be a real pain. He said, I know my name personally. That man in the White House who can't go a day. Uh, uh, without threatening our fundamental rights. Yes, we need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. We need to find out whether or not he's engaged in conspiracy. It's important that everyone understand that the days of Donald Trump are coming to an end. Then going home, you ought to go home, all right. Now, as disgusting as that is, and it is disgusting, nothing happens to her. Alan Dershowitz has an idea that there should never be the kind of get Trump mentality allowed in the legal profession. And if he could accomplish one goal in his life. If I have one goal in the next years of my life, it's to get all the bar associations to make it unethical conduct for any prosecutor to run for office on the campaign pledge to get somebody. You know, the title of my book, I didn't make it up, Get Trump. It's her campaign promise. Get Trump. (laughs) He took it from her campaign. And he's right, but bar associations are made up of political hacks. I've been members of different bar associations through my life, and I can tell you this. The only people who are involved in bar associations at the level of leadership are lawyers who have ego problems. They want to control people. They want to run things. Bar associations do absolutely nothing for any lawyers. They don't help you. They don't defend you. They'll bring charges against you. Unethical conduct. Imagine that. Imagine that the legal profession has an, a code of ethical conduct. Just try to imagine that if you, if you can stop laughing. The most unethical profession in America, other than politics and media, has an ethical code of conduct. At least the media and politicians don't pretend to be ethical. Only lawyers do that. Lawyers, my experience with lawyers, they are the most unethical people I've ever encountered. And judges as well. There's not an ethical son of a bitch among the whole group. Well, I shouldn't say that. That's drastic. There are a few. We don't want to be accused of hyperbole here. But there's so few that their existence, they're so rare their existence would cure cancer. That's how rare it is. So Alan Dershowitz is spitting into the wind. It's never going to happen. There's not a bar association in this country that has enough courage to stand up and say, we will not allow any attorney general or local prosecutor to run for office based on an agenda to get someone. That's just the opposite of what lawyers are supposed to be. But lawyers long ago abandoned any real code of ethics. Long ago. So don't hope for it. And anyway, Donald Trump's guilty. 
Nicole Wallace knows it, and she quotes the evidence. Facts are established. They're in black and white. They're in Michael Cohen's sentencing. They say that Trump directed and coordinated a hush money scheme to the two women. There it is, in Michael Cohen's sensing agreement. <laughs> oh, my God, that woman is stupid. She should be a lawyer. She's dumb enough to be one. She's unethical enough to be one. She covers the full of shit category really well. It's despicable. I had a bar complaint filed against me, and I may have told this story before, by a St. Louis County judge who was as corrupt as the day is long, whose daughter worked at Channel 30 and didn't like me when I worked at Channel 30. This guy files a bar complaint against me because I was quoted in a newspaper article of a a case that he presided over that I was involved in. It was over a non-compete clause. I wasn't prosecuting the case myself. I wasn't trying the case myself. I was the litigant. And I said that when he ruled that the non-compete clause as it stood was legal, of course it wasn't, and people later settled the case with me proving that it wasn't legal. But because I was quoted in the newspaper and I specifically said to the writer of the article, I was speaking as a litigant, not as a lawyer, to avoid any bar complaints, he still filed one. Because I said the decision reeks of living in Iraq, that you're prohibited from getting a job by a judge. Where is that fair? He filed a bar complaint. Now, to the credit of whomever reviewed the bar complaint, and I know one lawyer who was part of that, and she was an ethic, she was one of the few ethical ones around. I wrote a brief, I defended myself, and I won. But imagine. I had to defend myself for speaking the truth, for taking on a judge over what turned out to be an illegal ruling. Well, I shouldn't say illegal, unethical. Let's put it that way. That guy had the ethics of a mothball. I can't even remember his name, believe it or not. He's long gone now. Finally got him out of there. You go into his office in his chambers. He had files piled three, four feet high of cases that were just backed up on his desk. And they were all yellow from the cigarette smoke. He would constantly be smoking. He was a fire hazard for the entire courthouse. And yet nothing was ever done about that guy. That's how unethical the legal profession is. I guarantee he's getting a pension from the state of Missouri. And all of this corruption and all of this evidence that the Democrats keep saying isn't there arrived on our doorstep again this weekend in a report that says 80 visits to the White House were made by Hunter Biden business associates when Joe Biden was vice president. 80 visits. Now, what were these business associates of Hunter Biden doing on those 80 visits? Were they talking to the butler? Were they having an ice cream cone with Joe Biden? Or were they talking about Hunter Biden's business interests with the big guy? I think we can all figure out what The truth is, Nancy Mace, again, the congresswoman, were you surprised by the 80 visits? It's shocking, really. Here you had President Biden lie and deny he had any involvement with Hunter's businesses. Come to find out there's voicemail evidence, email evidence, and now White House evidence where his business partners visited over 80 times when he was vice president. This is corruption at its core. Yes, it is. What else could it be?
what else would we call it? It is corruption to its core. That's what it is. 80 visits? Somebody better do some splaining, Lucy. But will they have to? Maybe to the House, but it'll die there until Republicans gain control. That's how pathetic our government has become. It's so partisan that you can't count on someone from the opposite party pursuing obvious criminal actions by their own party. They won't do it. The Democrats are too cowardly because they know they'll be ostracized by the Democrat liberal freaks, and they're petrified of them. The Republicans can't pursue it because they're not in power. They're going to get their chance, and that's when we're going to find out the true spine of the Republican Party. Are they going to do what the House is doing? The House is doing its job. It's going after these people, but they can only do so much. But gone are the days when all of this evidence, 80 visits to the White House by Hunter Biden business associates, should be investigated immediately by the Department of Justice. It won't be, but it should be. And then we could count on the Department of Justice being nonpartisan, not carrying out political prosecutions. Then and only then could we have that. If, if, If they just did an investigation, we could gain some confidence. And if they do follow the evidence, of course, Biden would be in jail. If you don't think he lied to the American public, as Nancy Mace pointed out, let's go back and revisit what he did say about Hunter Biden's businesses and Joe's discussions of them. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that statement. (laughs) Period. Period, Joe says, because he's a tough guy from Scranton. Hard scrabble upbringing. Period. How could anybody be that, that big of an effing liar? But we already know he is. And liberals are. He's really not a standard bearer for liberal lying. He's just one of them. That's what they do, as Nancy May said. That's what they do. Biden also is lying to everybody in this country right now about the state of the economy. He claims we're all doing well. Now, I don't know anyone who says that other than him, maybe some other liberals in politics, but there's no liberal walking around, even liberals you know that are psychotic, that will tell you they're doing great economically. They won't. But Biden says, you're stupid if you don't think so. And, of course, he lies time and time again about the economy. Senator John Barrasso understands the lies that he tells and that the Democrats themselves have destroyed the Trump economy. Democrats have taken a sledgehammer to our economy on each and every side. Higher taxes, higher spending, higher debt, less American energy. That's a Democrat policy in a nutshell. That is the Democrat economic policy. Higher taxes, higher spending, higher debt, less American energy. It's a policy for failure, policy for pain for American families. 
I guess that's why right now, today in the United States, Joe Biden is the least popular Democrat president of the last 60 years. Least popular. So instead of bragging, instead of going to New York, pounding his chest as he did, as he did Virginia, he's going to do in Pennsylvania. Instead of bragging, he ought to be apologizing to the American people. He does owe the American people an apology for the damage and the destruction that he has inflicted because of his radical left-wing policies. He doesn't just owe that apology, John Barrasso. He owes the apology for lying to the American people every single day of his life. This man has lied. Can you imagine living with yourself if you lied the way he does? And then he jokes about it. <laughs> Not kidding. No joke. No, I'm serious. You don't. You think I'm joking. No, I think you're a joke. I don't think you're joking. I think you're a walking, talking, stumbling, mumbling joke. And your wife is no better than you are. By far, as much as I can't stand Mike Obama, Biden's wife grates on you every time she speaks with that twangy New York accent, Delaware accent, wherever the hell she's from. And this self-importance that she has. She really thinks that people consider Biden one of the regular guys. Biden thinks that. I don't think anyone else does. Down in Florida, they were debating a bill that would take this gender transformation decision out of the hands of children and put it where it belongs, in the hands of the parents. And there shouldn't be any debate on it, really. It should be, in this country, what used to be normal. Florida State Representative Webster Barnaby is a guy that's after my soul. If I could vote for this man, I would vote for him for anything, any office whatsoever. He's a black Florida state rep. He gets it. He's a Christian and a proud one. And Webster Barnaby, are we living in the twilight zone? Because I think we are. I'm, I'm looking at society today, and it's like I'm watching an X-Men movie uh, with people that when you watch the X-Men movies for Marvel comics, it's like we have mutants living among us on planet Earth. And, you know, some people don't like that, but that's a fact. We have people that live among us today on planet Earth that are happy to display themselves as if they were mutants from another planet. Carpe diem Webster Barnaby. Boy, the transgender liberals aren't going to like that. Neither is the media. Since you mentioned planet Earth, Webster Barnaby, what planet do we live on? This is the planet Earth where God created men, male, and women, female. I'm a proud Christian conservative Republican. I'm not on the fence. There is so much darkness in our world today. So much evil in our world today. And so many people who are afraid to address the evil, the dysphoria, the dysfunction, I'm not afraid to address the dysphoria or the dysfunction. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, and all of your demons and all of your imps 
who come and parade before us. That's right, I called you demons and imps who come and parade before us and pretend that you are part of this world. Carpe, carpe, diem, diem, Webster, Barnaby, demons and imps. As if to make sure you understood it, he said, that's right, I said demons and imps. Oh, the trannies aren't going to like this at all. Neither the liberal freaks. I can almost hear Sandy Cortez's head exploding. And I hope so. But Webster Barnaby wasn't quite done. Take us home, Webster Barnaby. So I'm, I'm saying my righteous indignation is stirred. I am sick and tired of this. We, I'm not going to put up with it. You can test me and try to take me on, but I promise you I'll win every time. Carpe ten billion times diem to Webster Barnaby. Wouldn't you vote for that guy? I almost want to move to Florida just so I can vote for him. I have friends down there. I guarantee you they'll vote for him. He should run for national office. I am telling you that every single word that man just spoke is God's truth. These are satanic creatures. They are roaming the earth. If you didn't think that demons roam the earth, you're not paying attention. I mean, even if you are a non-believer, you've got to start scratching your head saying, "What? wait a minute, this can only be demonic, satanic. Unless you're a special kind of stupid, which would mean you're a liberal. Or which means you might be Alyssa Gordon Heinerscheid, that's the gal who is behind the tranny on the, the Bud Light can who's destroyed Anheuser-Busch's stock, who has cost the company some $5 billion since announcing this campaign, has taken Bud Light and destroyed it as a product. It'll never be the same, ever. There are people that will never drink it again, myself included. There are people that will never drink Anheuser-Busch products again, myself included. But here she was explaining in her arrogance and utter disdain for people like Webster Barnaby, people like Kevin Slayton, probably people like most of our listeners, utter disdain and disrespect for us because we're just old and stupid and we are not inclusive like she is. She's such a wonderful person. This brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. Wow. Arrogant doesn't begin to describe her. How many times did she mention I? 
We had Bob Lackey on uh, a week ago. He was the guy responsible for 10 consecutive USA Today ad meter victories in the Super Bowl ads that Anheuser-Busch created and that he created with a team of marketing geniuses, real men of genius. He never mentioned I. Never once did he mention I. And he's actually succeeded at the business. She's failed. He actually grew the beer brands. She didn't. He actually won advertising and marketing awards. She hasn't and never will. And yet all she could say was I. I brought to this brand. I created something that feels lighter and brighter. I know that this brand was had out-of-touch humor and was fratty. I knew I had to shift the tone. I knew I had to attract young drinkers. She thinks that young people, even if they're not transgenders, are going to say, well, that's cool. You know, you're including the transgender groups. But she's wrong. She's dead wrong. Every guy I know, young, middle-aged, old, every one of them, that has ever had a, a drink of beer, Loved the humor of the Bud Light and Budweiser commercials forever. Going back 20 years, Super Bowl ads were spectacular. We still laugh at them. You play the Real Men of Genius campaigns today, you will still laugh. But in that psychopath's world, that arrogant pompous ass that she is, that's fratty and out-of-touch humor. In other words, as all liberals believe, you can't laugh, you can't have fun, you must be bowing at the altar of the most minuscule group of people in this country. You see it all over the place. When are we going to stop? When is the overwhelming majority of people in this country going to stop catering to the smallest, smallest, tiniest group of psychopaths? When do intelligent people say enough? Well, Michael Seifert is saying enough. He's one of those intelligent people. And he's created a platform called Public Square. Now, what does it address, Michael Seifert? He is the CEO. We are addressing the largest unaddressed market in the world, which is patriotic, traditionally valued, constitution-loving America. I'm part of this market. I've felt like for years, major corporate entities in the United States have continued to turn against me and my values. Bud Light's obviously the most recent example that's prominent, but Nike and Starbucks and Target, there are so many entities that have, for whatever reason, decided to cater to messaging that only attracts 10% of the country when there's a massive cohort of 100 million-plus Americans that are feeling like their values have been left in the dust. And so what we've wanted to do is create a marketplace where consumers could know with a blessed assurance that they are funding companies that love this country and will respect their freedoms. Carp! Bad dear Michael Seifert. That's publicsq.com. Publicsq.com. To further back up my case against Anheuser-Busch and Elisa Gordon-Heinerschneid and her Ivy League education or her Stanford education, whichever it is, same thing really, the CEO of Anheuser-Busch, a guy by the name of, I think it's Bill Whitworth, can't quite read his signature, 
B something Whitworth, put out a statement. And he, in walking in the same arrogance as Gordon Heinerschneid, titled it, Our Responsibility to America. You're a beer. America, don't look, America doesn't look at you as someone who must be responsible to us. We don't care. You're a beer. You want to market your beer to the transgender audience, minuscule though it may be? Go right ahead. We don't care. We just won't drink your beer. It's pretty simple for us. Responsibility to America, like you're some important entity? You're an effing beer company. As the CEO of a company founded in America's heartland more than 165 years ago, I'm responsible for ensuring every customer and consumer feels proud of the beer we brew. Now, he, he claimed, by the way, I saw him in an interview, he said this was an, sort of an apology. You'll never hear the word apologize in here, but let me read it to you some more because you'll love it. We're honored to be part of the fabric of this country. Anheuser-Busch employs more than 18,000 people. What does that have to do with anything? And our independent distributors employ an additional 47,000 valued colleagues. So, what does that have to do with the transgender community? By the way, you already employ more people than we have transgenders in this country. We have thousands of partners, millions of fans, and a proud history supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere. You did have that. You don't anymore. You've lost them all. So don't act though like you have these partners out there. They're gone. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We're in the business of bringing people together over a beer. Well, that is what you're in the business of, and yet you lost sight of that because you did want to be part of a discussion that divides people. If you didn't want to be part of that discussion, you wouldn't be part of that discussion. And by the way, you're not even an American company. You're run by foreigners. So enough of your bullshit Americanism and patriotism. Anheuser Bush is the least patriotic company in America now. Never used to be that way. In fact, it used to be just the opposite. But not anymore. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. Did you ever get how these liberals just simply lie upon lie and only a buffoon wouldn't see through that? That's as close as he comes to apologizing, by the way. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. That would be like me saying, I never intended to be part of a discussion that liberals are psychopaths. It's Brendan Whitworth, by the way. A friend of mine just texted me, and I thank him for that information. Brendan Whitworth. So he never intended to be a part of a discussion that divides people, yet he allowed this Stanford woman to create a, a beer campaign for Bud Light using a transgender as the spokesperson, plastering the can with its face. What did you intend that to do? Did you not think that would inspire a discussion of people saying, enough of Anheuser-Busch? Did you not think that your core audience of beer drinkers would say, F you? You want to talk about divisive? And you didn't think that would divide? If you didn't think that would cause division among your beer drinkers, you should be fired. Because you're dumber than she is. My time serving this country. Oh, now he's going to tell us he was in the service. Like we're supposed to say, well, that excuses your asinine lies. No. 
We honor everybody on this show who served. We thank them for their service. We thank you for your service. But it doesn't excuse you being a lying imbecile. You're still a lying imbecile. My time serving this country taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded. Freedom, hard work, and respect for one another. (laughs) Those actually weren't the values upon which America was founded, but that's okay. Christian Judeo principles were, but nah, don't mention that. Don't mind that because you're a veteran. So you can say whatever you want. He thinks being a veteran gives him license to dismiss his entire audience of beer drinkers. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I'm so glad you reminded us that you're the CEO of a failing company. I am focused on building and protecting our remarkable history and heritage. Line number two. If you were focused on protecting your remarkable history and heritage, you would have never allowed that to happen. You wouldn't have entered the cesspool of transgenders versus normal Americans. You wouldn't have entered that. But you did, and you did it intentionally. So when you say you never intended to be a part of it, yes, you did. When you say you focused on building and protecting your remarkable history and heritage, you're a liar. Because if you were focused on that, you wouldn't have done Step number one, I care deeply about this country, this company, our brands, and our partners. No, you don't. Line number three, you don't care at all. Your partners have told you where to stick it. You have wholesalers who are calling Anheuser-Busch, telling them to come and get the Anheuser-Busch beer. We don't want it anymore because we can't sell it. You've lost $5 billion, buddy, and you're trying to defend yourself? He cares deeply about this country, so we're supposed to say, whoa, he's a patriot. Anybody can say that. I spend much of my time traveling across America, listening to and learning from our customers, our distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation. Not once did he say that he will actually go back and finish the mistake they made and correct it. Because he, th- he thinks it's okay. Have you seen the new logo of Anders Bush? The, the big iconic A in the eagle that was so powerful and reflected beer drinkers in Anheuser Bush and patriotic Americans is gone now. It looks like Pac-Man is their new logo. Some sort of a yellow blob. And remember the guy that preceded Brendan in his CEO job, Dave Peacock, another woke liberal who destroyed Schnucks. That's right, destroyed Schnucks. They're everywhere. These people are everywhere. They destroy everything they touch. So Dave Dave Woke Peacock had a hand in destroying Anheuser-Busch and in destroying Chinooks, another St. Louis iconic company grocery store chain. What don't they destroy? Honestly. 
Has a liberal wokester ever touched anything that wasn't subsequently destroyed? No, of course not. So thank you, Michael Seifert, for creating publicsquare.com, publicsq.com. And you can go there and find all of the businesses that aren't woke, that do reflect our values, that do business to patriotic Americans and want our business and don't forget about who we are. And before I buy another product, as long as I live, I will consult with publicsq.com because I'm going where they show me the road to go. That means I'm eliminating most of these companies. No more business at Target. I should have known anyway. Any company that's based in Minneapolis is a liberal woke outpost. And it's sad because if you've ever been to Minneapolis, and I have many times, I love the city. Now, it's been years since I've been there before it became overtaken by a woke mob of psychopaths and racists. But when I was there, you could eat off the downtown streets. They were so clean. Yeah, it was cold, but I didn't mind. I don't mind cold weather. But I love Minneapolis. I wouldn't give it 10 seconds of my time today. I'd never go back. I would imagine the party scene on Hennepin Avenue is pretty much shut down now. The liberals won't allow it. That's too much fun. People having fun? No, we got to go protest. So there are some guys out there, Michael Seifert being one of them, Elon Musk another, that we can count on if only they can gain enough power. Musk is right there. He's one of the most powerful business people in the world. And he was... Talking about Twitter the other day, and this interview will be in its entirety on Tucker Carlson uh, this evening. But he was surprised when he took over Twitter at how the government had full access to everything Twitter. The degree to which uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. If it's Twitter, that means there's something else. Remember, we long suspected Twitter was that way, right? Everybody felt that way, and now we know it. Our instincts were spot on in just about every single thing we said, about every single company and politician. And by our, I don't mean me. I mean all of us who knew better. We're not stupid. We don't believe Alvin Bragg or that idiot mayor of New York when they sit there and tell you that there's no crime and they've cleaned up crime in New York? Crime ever? There's videotape of every criminal activity in New York. We're not stupid. They think we are. I'll tell you who's stupid. This BBC reporter who had a sit-down interview with Elon Musk and decided he would tell Elon Musk that hate speech now has infiltrated Twitter since Elon Musk took over. Imagine that comment, first of all. But you're going to love Elon Musk. You're going to, if you love him today, you're going to love him a hundred times more when I have to hear this. We've spoken to people very recently who were involved in moderation, and they just say they just there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around, um, particularly around hate speech um, in the company. Do you, is that well, something that you want to address? I mean, you use Twitter, right? Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, just a personal anecdote. Like, what do you do? I don't. Personally, my uh, for you, 
I would see I get I get more of that kind of content. Yeah, personally. That's but, what I'm asking for examples. Can right? You, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, you I don't can't use, name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I I just don't particularly like it. I only look at my, my following. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I. Well, I then how did you see that hateful content? content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and you I, can't I, give us a whole one. And I'm saying, I, I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. People will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example. You can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, how let, do you know that? I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content, and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. Then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Um, well, COVID misinformation. <laughs> let's move on. We only have a certain amount of time for you to make a monkey out of me. Let's talk about COVID in, in misinformation. The only COVID misinformation was spewed by liberals. You lied about the severity. You lied about who was dying from it. You lied about natural immunity. You lied about vaccinations. You lied about everything. Not one example could this guy name. That is called getting your ass handed to you. Your ass handed to you. He's asking the CEO of a company about all of the hate speech that he sees on Twitter. And when Elon Musk Musk asks him, Musk asks, that's tough to say, for one example, one example. He didn't say, can you give me a hundred examples? He wanted one. He couldn't give one. But according to this BBC quote-unquote reporter, it was prevalent on the site. Hate speech was everywhere. Can you give me an example? Well, not not really. Because I, well, because I don't use it. Well, then how can you say there's hate speech? I mean, I now rank Elon Musk at the top. Somebody else might be tied with him like Trump, but they're both neck and neck. They don't take any bullshit. And that's what we need more of. More people like that. Last week, I had to deal with Charter, and I was in their office. And I was telling them what's what, uh, because they said that to come out a second time, they were going to charge me $60. And I said, no, you're not. And one of the ladies who was a supervisor there, she was black, and she overheard the conversation I was having with the person. And she came over and she goes, you don't strike me as a person who takes any bullshit. And I said, you got me right. And she said, I'll tell you what, when they show up, if they try to charge you, you tell them they're not charging them. And here's my number and call me if they try to. I said, thank you. That's how we deal with it. That's how we deal with a problem in America. We don't put up with it. If you stand there and let these thieves charge you for to come back to re- repair what they screwed up, well, you're an idiot. In fact, you should be charged triple if you're that stupid. And Elon Musk doesn't take any bullshit. Neither does Trump. And that's why we love them. 
That's why we need them in positions of authority. And I'm starting to love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. a lot more every day, too. I know he's a Kennedy Democrat, but that's okay. The Kennedys weren't, well, except for Ted, I'm sorry. John and Bobby were good politicians. Ted Kennedy, mm, nothing but a liberal freak. But his two older brothers, who were, by the way, the two smarter ones in the, in the family, one of them produced RFK Jr. He's taken on Biden. He's taken on Fauci. He sounds more like a Republican than a Democrat ever could be. And now he, he is talking about how the government, this corrupt government that we have, brought the Patriot Act into its very existence. Only one member of Congress had even read it before it was passed. But two senators were holding it up. They happened to be Democrats. Now, why were they holding it up? And what happened to them during the period where the pressure was being put on them to pass it? RFK Jr. has some background on it. A week after, when the Patriot Act was being debated, and it was being held up by two senators, there was an anthrax attack on the U.S. Capitol. It was blamed on Saddam Hussein, and I, although neocons all said, see, we were right in the pandemic simulation, Saddam Hussein attacked us, and we used that as a justification to go to war against Saddam Hussein, and within two days, we passed the Patriot Act. Who got the anthrax? Two Senate offices. Tom Daschle and Patrick Lee, I, the two senators who were blocking the Patriot Act. How about that? Coincidence? That was 2001. This has been going on for a lot longer than we thought. Now, I dare say those are Republicans who brought that anthrax to the offices of those two Democrat senators. That'd be my guess. It was George W. Bush trying to get the Patriot Act passed. There were elements of the Patriot Act that were good, that we needed. But there are other elements of it that destroyed us. Because it gave the right to the FBI and to every government agency to spy on us. Spy on us. Now they're infiltrating the Catholic Church. Remember, if you went to church yesterday, I did. Look around you from now on. Somebody in there is from the FBI. That's not a comforting feeling. And the Patriot Act gave them the right to spy on every one of us. The Patriot Act is as dangerous as anything else that's going on in this country. And it must be repealed in its original form. Change it. But once again, only one senator actually read it. And he was alarmed, alarmed by it. We, and by we I mean conservatives, keep succumbing to the idiotic pressure of media, wokeism, liberal psychopathic beliefs. Why? Matt Walsh doesn't. He was speaking to a group of emergency folks, emergency responders, first responders, and one young female uh, decided to tell him in her liberal way about men and women, and anyone can be a woman, blah, 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 that line of bullshit. And Matt Walsh decided he'd make a practical example for her to solve. And here's when oopsie hits her. You said you're an EMT. Yes. Okay, if you're responding, you're responding to a health emergency. Biological male 
somebody with a penis is uh, is having a medical emergency, and they say to you, um, "I think I'm having a miscarriage." Would you would you check them to see if they're having a miscarriage? Would you consider that a possibility for them? Look. No, but that's because some people don't have body parts. Doesn't mean they're not a woman. Okay. Yeah, okay, you're a lunatic. She actually had the right answer, no, because she's not that stupid. But then she showed how stupid she was by following it up with, because some people don't have body parts. What does that mean? Is she saying that's because a guy with a penis doesn't have a uterus? Yeah, you're right. Congratulations, you moron. So he can't have a baby. But that doesn't mean he's not a woman. Uh, Yeah, it actually does mean that, you see. Those people that don't have female body parts, it means exactly that. They're not a woman. They think somebody swallows that BS. But nobody does, except other lunatics. But here's how insane and how stupid leaders worldwide are. Here's the Prime Minister of New Zealand when he was asked a simple question, and that is define a woman. Look at how he gets thrown. Um, I, to be honest, Sean, that's, that, that question's come slightly out of left field for, for me. Um, the, well, biology, sex, gender, um, people define themselves. People define their own genders. No, they don't. God does. You're born with a penis or without. That Those are the only two ways you can be born, by the way. In case Chris Hoskins, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, doesn't understand that. That question came out of left field. Really? That question came out of left field? If he asked you to solve cancer and come up with a cure for cancer right now, that would come out of left field. But asking you to define a woman... You consider that a question out of left field that is difficult to address? And you're the Prime Minister of New Zealand? (laughs) By virtue of that answer, you could be on the Supreme Court of the United States. We've got another dumb person just like you on the Supreme Court. Can't figure out what a woman is. She's not a biologist. Apparently neither is Chris Hoskins, or Hopkins, whatever his name is. To be quite honest, it came out of left field. You're in left field, so you should have handled it real easily. He reminds me of the video of Jose Canseco chasing down a fly ball into right center field. The ball hits him on the head and bounces over the wall for a home run. I think this guy got hit on the head out in left field. People define their own genders. No, they don't. You can say you do. I can say I'm an astronaut. You can say you're anything. You can say you've flown to the moon. I've flown to the moon. I'm an astronaut. Doesn't make it so. Listen to this guy. This is one of these state representatives in Tennessee that was ousted. He's a black guy. So he decides to appear in front of these protesters and in front of the hearings to oust him. As a latter-day Martin Luther King Jr., he really tries to take on the Martin Luther King Jr. cadence and everything else. 
and sound exactly like him, almost steal his own words, in defending his own violent behavior in the riot in the Tennessee Assembly uh, Building. Yes, I tell you, it was a sad day on Saturday. All hope seemed to be lost. Representatives were thrown out of the state house. Democracy seemed to be at its end. Seemed like the NRA and gun lobbyists might win. But all that was good news for us. I don't know how long this Saturday in the state of Tennessee might last. But oh, we have good news, folks. We've got good news that Sunday always comes. Resurrection is a promise. And it is a prophecy. It's a prophecy that came out of the cotton fields. It's a prophecy that came out of the lynching tree. It's a prophecy that still lives in each and every one of us in order to make the state of Tennessee the place that it ought to be. And so I've still got hope because I know we are still here and we will never quit. (laughs) What's he talking about? Jason Whitlock, what was he talking about? Justin Pearson, Martin Luther King Jr. This is, this is like a joke, man. From the Afro to the boys, we goes overcomes. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just all cosplay intended to distract from focusing on what caused a transgender woman to snap and kill Christians. Nashville police, they have not released Audrey Hale's manifesto. And why is that? Why do you suppose they haven't? It's probably another embarrassment for law enforcement that they weren't onto this thing. But why, why wouldn't you release it? I'll tell you why. Because she's talking in that manifesto about how much she hates Christians and how much she's going to kill her some Christians. And the government of this country is on an anti-Christian crusade, just as they're on an anti-Catholic crusade, an anti-white male crusade, an anti-sanity crusade. And they don't want you to hear that because they know that people will go wild when they hear that. But if this person had shot up a black church and had written in a manifesto how much they hate black people, they would have released that manifesto before the last person was shot. We know that's true. We don't have to guess at it. We know what's in that manifesto. That's why they won't release it. It hated Christians. It wanted to kill Christians. The imp, as State Rep Webster Barnaby would call it, The imp, the demon, wanted to kill Christians. It wasn't about anything else. The imp didn't show up at the grocery store and randomly shoot people. No, it showed up at a Christian high school or elementary school and shot Christians. Well, over in Ireland, Biden continued to embarrass himself he decided he would tell the world again how he, Joe Wuhan Willie Otala Biden, has spent more hours with Xi Jinping than anyone else in history. Together we have to keep working toward a future that's of greater dignity 
and uh, as we face darkness, and there is darkness we have to face, but we must keep marching forward because the world is a greater. Uh, it's it just the world has such possibilities. I was with Xi Jinping. I've spent more time with him than any world leader has over the last ten years, and over they keep meticulous count as the former T-shirt will know and uh, over now uh, 87 hours worth and I was in the Tibetan plateau with him I traveled 17,000 miles in China over 10 years and uh, he asked me he said can you define America for me and I can say the same of Ireland I said yes I can I said in one word possibilities we believe anything's possible anything's possible Anything's possible if we set our mind to it. That's who we are. That's who we are. Now, here's who we are. We're a corrupt country of corrupt politicians, judges, lawyers. We are run by a corrupt media and influenced by a corrupt media. That's who we are. He's right about anything's possible in this country as long as you cheat, steal, and commit crimes to achieve it. He's living proof. Even a local, no-good, third-rate criminal can become president of the United States if you have enough people cheating for you. So he's right to some extent. Anything is possible. In a country where a two-bit criminal hack can become president, while his son is busy laundering all the money that they've stolen, anything is possible. I would agree with that. That is who we are. Since we're going to face darkness, he said, let's keep marching forward. What does any of that mean? What does anything this man ever says mean? It means nothing. He means nothing. And then he decided to insult rugby players. (laughs) I don't know how familiar our audience is with rugby. I was actually fortunate to broadcast uh, rugby in uh, upstate New York, uh, let's see, Saranac Lake. In Saranac Lake. Um. And so we had the U.S. against Canada. Now, when I was approached by ESPN, this was back in the formative days of ESPN, I knew nothing about rugby, and I mean not a thing. Not a thing. But I said, when they called me, hey, I know how to, I know rugby. I know everything about rugby. So I took a crash course on it, made certain that I knew what I was talking about, and went and broadcast the U.S. versus Canada rugby matches on ESPN. Turned out really good. But I knew what I was talking about because I did my homework. This stupid ass decides he'll try to talk about a rugby player in Ireland. And he wanted to refer to him as the on, on the All Blacks. Now, that's a team uh, that, they, that they've taken down from New Zealand, the All Blacks. That's what they call the team. They're not all black guys. It's just weird. It's just really weird. But nonetheless, Biden decided he would completely confuse him with the Blacks and the Tans, which was a British military unit. Now, how you can make this mistake and consider yourself president without obviously doing one ounce of research is beyond me. I'm a rugby player. I beat that little black and tans. Oh, God. But, but it was when you were... No, he didn't beat the black and tans. That's a military unit, you stupid ass. It was the all blacks that he was. This guy can't get anything right. And he's got to be careful when he's talking about the blacks and tans because he's such a bigot that something might slip out like a morsel of truth, how much he hates blacks and tan people. 
And by tan, I don't mean a white guy out in the sun. I mean a Puerto Rican and Hispanic. He hates them. He loves allowing them to bring drugs across the border to kill Americans. He loves that. Because every American that dies from a fentanyl overdose brought over by some Hispanic criminal from south of the border means that a an American voter who may not vote for him is eliminated and one of his people now votes for him and takes that person's place. I dare say we're the only country on earth that has supposedly free and fair elections that allows non-citizens to vote. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't imagine another country. So Biden lies about the economy while Biden confuses the all blacks with the black and tans. While Biden lies about his trips with Xi Jinping and his possibilities bullshit. And uh, there's possibilities in Ireland too. Well, what are the possibilities for Ireland? Biden, why didn't you tell the people? The Irish people are sitting there. Why, tell them. Don't tell them there's possibilities. Tell them what possibilities. What's possible for Ireland that you're going to accomplish? The answer to that's nothing, of course. Matt Gates, if you recall, one in one ad for President Trump, contrasted Biden and the real president. Donald Trump was president. Taxes were cut. Regulations were slashed. Energy was abundant. Wages were rising. Capital was returning from overseas to fund the dreams and ambitions of our fellow Americans. And the economy was roaring. What a contrast to what we have seen from this administration now. So I rise to nominate Donald Trump for the position of Speaker of the House. And for all of the vitriol that we hear from the media and at times the left, there were great moments of bipartisanship under the Trump presidency. Carpe diem at Gates. Well, here's a sane person, Riley Gaines. They say, who's Riley Gaines? If you haven't been paying attention, she's a swimmer for the University of Kentucky. She's not happy with the trannies, the men, coming over and swimming in women's meets and taking women's trophies from women. You'd think the liberal freaks would be up in arms over this, which tells you when they say that they're pro-women, they're not. Add another segment of the audience that they hate, blacks, Hispanics, whites, Catholics, Christians, women. Who do the liberals like? They hate women so much that any gains women have made in sports through the years and trying to gain equal footing are all wiped out because now men are dominating women's sports. And Riley Gaines has been outspoken about it, and she was giving a speech at San Francisco State University when she was attacked, no doubt by paid Soros criminals, but was attacked and feared for her life. Police had to barricade her in a room to get her out safely. There was no back exit. They were trapped. And what did San Francisco State do? Did they apologize to her? No. San Francisco State decided in their infinite stupidity and woke liberalism through Jamila Moore, the vice president for student affairs and enrollment management, sent an email to the students claiming the school is proud of the students who participated peacefully and made it clear the trans community is welcome at the school. That's what she called it. She was proud of those who protested peacefully. Riley Gaines, did you see it that way? When I saw this email, 
and I had to reread it um, because there was clearly no mention of what actually happened. Anything that actually occurred, there was no mention of it. Um, what they described in that email was how proud they were of their brave students who protested peacefully. What I experienced was peaceful. Um, it, it wouldn't even be peaceful in an alternate universe. I mean, it was quite literally the exact opposite. Barricaded in a room where I could not leave for three hours where they were yelling obscene, terrible, um, violent things towards both myself and these officers who were um, protecting me. Um, it was atrocious. It was heinous. It was terrible. I missed my flight home. I couldn't fly home, um, because I was stuck in this room where there was no exit. Um, they blocked the stairways, so there was no exiting. Um, and again, it was, we must have different definitions of peaceful because that is not what peaceful is in, in my eyes. At some point, by the way, Riley Gaines is going to sue the school over that email. At some point, the people protecting her, you need to shoot your way out. Sorry, folks. That's the only way this will stop. No other way. You can't talk to these people. You can't discuss differences of opinion with these people. The only way out when they pull these criminal acts of violence is to show them a little violence coming back. And that violence should be at the end of the barrel of a gun. And when they keep it up, this is how we're going to treat you. You're going to commit crimes of violence against us. We're going to defend ourselves, and we have every right to defend ourselves with our weapons if we fear for our lives. And you tell me she didn't fear for her life. You tell me those police officers protecting her didn't fear for their lives. When an unruly mob is being championed by the university to keep it up and block you and barricade you and threaten you, you don't think you fear for your life? The use of firearms in that case is justified and, in my opinion, required to end this once and for all. We don't live in a sane country anymore. We live in a country where liberal freaks are being paid by liberal super freaks to cause these kinds of incidents. And they're not going to stop. You think, oh, time will pass and it'll go away. No, it won't. They try to murder bodega owners. They're robbing everybody in sight. They pull this crap when someone dares to speak about how she's being robbed and all women are being robbed of their fair, competitive athletic achievements. That requires violence, barricading someone in a room for three hours, and the school blesses it? Instead of demanding that those people go to jail, what does Chuck Schumer do? He lectures Republicans how they better not try to defund the FBI and the Department of Justice, the two most corrupt entities in Washington. The House GOP must be clear and vociferous that defunding the FBI, defunding the Department of Justice will not happen. They must condemn calls to defund the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation and reject partisan attempts by former President Trump and his allies to degrade public trust in public law enforcement. Wow. You degrade yourself. You degrade the human species every time you open your lie-filled mouth with those hair plugs and that, that pair of glasses up on your head. 
Well, Bill Maher, who was once an uber liberal and is still quite liberal, but has fired back at the liberals just as Alan Dershowitz has, was on his show the other night and that pig Katie Porter was on, that liberal congresswoman from California who's out of her mind completely. And they were talking about the shootings. They were talking about incidents like men taking over women's sports. And she claimed they were old. Our argument sucks because we're old, which is no, so, I didn't say that. I said getting so boring. It. Shouldn't we critique each other on the content of our ideas, not on those identity sure. politics? Yes, things like, you're old. You couldn't possibly have the right idea. But no, your whole complaint is that they're young. I mean, if I said that about women or something, that wouldn't be right. But like, your whole complaint is that this person was young. Yeah, but isn't the point. Well, where, my the complaint point is that our young are immature. Right. That compared to other countries and other times in history, we raise very immature people. Yes, we do. And we do so because we're encouraged by the media. We're encouraged by congressional people. I don't call them leaders because they're not leaders. And that's why we raise very immature people. And their influence, unfortunately, is social media. The most degrading thing that's ever occurred in this country is social media. For any person who isn't strong emotionally, who has no strength of character, no sense of ethics or morality, social media sucks them in. They want to be with the other misfits of society. And there's plenty of them. They're all over social media. Scary stuff. But that's who we are, Joe Biden. You love to say that's who we are. That's who we are. A shout-out to our research assistant. Celebrated her birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to our research assistant. And we'll take a break, um, and we'll entertain you with your calls. 636-538-0746. 636-538-0746. The lines will be open, and you can jump right in for, uh, at any time that you'd like. But if you feel like you're buying a car experience has really gotten stupid for you, like it's going to the dentist and getting five teeth pulled, those days are over. STL-cars.com has put an end to them. Call 314-309-3633. 314-309-3633. You can call them or text them. Ask for Don. Tell them the car that you want after you've looked on their website, over a 1,000 SUVs, trucks, and cars. Pick one you like. And if you can't find one you like, call them and tell them, here's what I want. It's not on your website. Tell them what you want. Tell them the price you want to pay. They'll find that car for you. Then you pick it up and drive home, or they'll bring it to you. They brought one to my son from Alabama. They brought three different ones to me. Last one was from Tennessee. STL-cars.com. They have a VIP concierge. Maintenance services also available. They have a tremendous Network of dealer inventory so you can get your dream vehicle, no matter what it is, from stl-cars.com. Call them or text them at 314-309-3633. Ask for Don, and here's how easy it is. You say this. I found the, the vehicle that I want. Here's what it is. I'm Joe. Here's my number. Give me a call. Boom. That's how easy it is. I will take a quick break, and when we come back, certainly... The phone lines will be open for you because that's how we do business right here. Back after this. America, America. 
Kevin Slayton with you in the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. You can hear our podcast right here on our website, or you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can hear us. Our phone lines are open 636-538-074. Actually, they're not, because I just remembered I forgot to hook up our phone system. So, sorry about that. (laughs) But if you want to wait two seconds, I can do that. Can everybody hold on? Please hold on. I'll be right back. And we welcome you back. And we welcome Cleo. Hello, Cleo. How are you? How you doing? Can you hear me all right? I'm, I, may, I may be in a bad spot here. Oh, no, I hear you now. 
Well, congrat. Where, where do you know? Made a connection. Yeah, stupid me. I had the phone system sitting there, but I forgot to hook it up. Well, <laughs> and happy birthday to your research assistant. Well, thank you, and she thanks you, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I told you months ago that Corey Bush would find a way to get a hold of that security cash, and it's come to pass, hasn't it? Absolutely. Did you read? Do you read about that? Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. All right. As I said earlier, there's not a lie they could tell anymore that I would believe. There's nothing they can say that I would believe. There's absolutely no reason to consider these people legitimate because they're not. She's a joke. And well, what's going to happen about it? You know, they, 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 they protested to the head of the election commission, who's a Biden appointee. What's he going to do about it? Nothing. 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 Omar did the same damn thing with her husband. It's incredible what goes on from the liberals, and they never, ever are punished. But as I've said many times, if you understand the way this all works, no one in the party in power will ever be punished again. That's the country we live in. That's who we are, Joe Biden. You don't. You you commit crime after crime after crime. You don't go to jail. You don't get charged. You don't get anything because you appointed the guy that looks over you. And that's the way it is in this country now. Now, it doesn't seem to happen when when Donald Trump's in there. William Barr was going after him. William Barr lied, didn't investigate the election, didn't do any of that. He lied about it. Jeff Sessions recused himself when he shouldn't have recused himself. So both attorneys general that Trump appointed were both against him. They weren't just uh, objective. They were absolutely activists against him. But you'll never find that from the Democrats. As soon as they get in office, it's licensed to steal, licensed to commit crimes, because they'll never be prosecuted, because their guy, in this case Merrick Garland, the weasel of all time, will never lift a finger against any of them. He's too busy targeting parents and Catholics and Christians and white men. Yeah, we on the right will never get a conviction. It's almost like you never win anything. You know, it's always had something with Lori Lightfoot getting kicked out, but the but the ass face that moved in is worse than she is. He's worse. How can you be worse than that? But he is. It's incredible, isn't it? He's worse than she is. Here, here's what could happen if Trump gets back in. I'm hopeful, and a research assistant pointed this out, that Cash Patel is his choice as attorney general. Because if Cash Patel is attorney general, heads in the Democrat Party will roll. Promise. Well, we can only, we can only hope. But we've got to get Trump in there. You know, what's sad is I was at a retail store over the weekend. I was talking to the clerk and big Trump fan, she said. But she said he'll, he won't get back in. They won't let him. That's what they've accomplished, you see. As I said months ago, maybe two years ago, their effort was going to be to poison the minds of voters to smear Trump in every possible way they can that even Trump supporters will doubt his feasibility to become president again. When it's not that you don't support him, but people think, well, if he can't win, why would I vote for him? Yeah, so they won't right. vote. They won't vote for the Democrat, but they just won't vote. And that's what I they're mean, trying to he, do. He, this is okay. the greatest election interference, the greatest act of voter suppression ever seen in the entire history of this country. And once again, I'll repeat it. Anytime liberals accuse you of doing something, they're doing the exact thing they accuse you of. 
And in this case, voter suppression is at an all-time high from them. Republicans haven't suppressed a single vote, but they certainly have. Yeah, voter suppression and the all-out fraud fraud election that the last election was. If Trump is fortunate to get to be the nominee, there will be no end to the cheating that they do. No end at all. No, I'm afraid we're in a trap. And if the, if the Republicans don't snap out of it and secure elections, we are in a trap that we can never get out of. I'm afraid that might be the case. Hey, what do you think about this uh, basketball finally at Forest Park? He interviewed this, this NAACP clown on the news, and he said the reason it didn't happen previously was because of, uh, of white racism. And they didn't ask him for proof. I didn't, I'm not familiar with this story. Go ahead and background me. Well, uh, uh, evidently there's going to be basketball courts at Forest Park now. Basketball okay. courts in Forest Park, outdoor courts? Yes, and there never has been, although there are basketball courts in practically every park in the city. I, I was going to say, I'm shocked there have never been basketball courts in Forest Park. Where are they going to put them, do you know? No, they didn't say yet, but I don't know, on the TV – they had Lindo Boulevard in the background. I imagine they want to put it right next to Lindo to tick off all the white rich people. I was going to say the rich people in those big mansions are not going to stand for that because you can only imagine there will be shootings, there will be murders. Uh, that will be Mayhem City. Those basketball courts. Can you? You ever go by Old Forest Park? You ever see all the, the, the female joggers and bicyclists? Yeah, Loads of them. It is amazing not, to me. None of them will go by the basketball court. None no, they'll take a detour. I'm surprised they go there anyway. <laughs> I mean, they don't go after dark. But, hey, these thugs, they they attack in brazen in daylight in the most brazen way that you can imagine. I mean, all over the country it's going on. There's, there's no end to it, man. Hey, one more thing I want to touch on. This Rapino and Sue Bird are, are, are all for the transgender male athletes competing against males. Now, you tell me, Kevin, if Rapino on the national team had had a, a white guy going up for her, for her position on the wing, what, what happened? He would take the position, would he not? Well, you would think so. And how can, how can she say it's all right that lady, that gains, that swimmer lady that, that got screwed by Thomas? Because she's a stooge, and she's just a liberal stooge, and that's all they do is say stuff that makes no sense. And if it comes to them, when the chickens come home to roost, it's a different song they sing. Any good male would would, would play over Rapino and win the spot. And this, Every this time. Happen. This Every time. Happen. It's, a, it's a biological fact that liberals don't want to accept, is that men <laughs> are better athletes than women because of the physical nature of the bodies. It's not because men are superior in any way. It's the physical nature that God created. That's why he did it. Women are much better at having babies. Guess what? We can't even do it. Women can at least play sports. We can't have babies. They're much better you know, at it. Biological fact of life. Fact of life. You know, they don't like black and white rules. No, they don't. They don't accept. They want you to accept science when they claim the science is in their favor, which, of course, it wasn't. But then when, when real science hits them squarely in the face, they just deny it and lie about it and then stumble around like the prime minister of New Zealand. That, that question came out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, this damn Rapino, I, I didn't think she was still on the national team. I guess she is. 
You know, in in 2017, the women's national team lost under 15 Dallas boys team, young men's. Yeah. And that happens all the time. You know, it, it was embarrassing enough that Billie Jean King thought it was a good idea to play Bobby Riggs in tennis when Bobby Riggs was 55 and she was 30 after he had actually beaten Margaret Court in a, in a, in a match. It was done for television, made to enrich them both, but it was stupid. When, when, when I, be, I, I believe it was CBS, might have been ABC, promoted it as the battle of the sexes. It was anything but. It was a battle of an accomplished female tennis player against an old man. <laughs> That's all it was. Yeah, I remember that. There's no such yeah, thing we, as a battle for the sexes. Could, in sports, the male will win every time. Sadly, but yeah. it's true. Can't help it. Yeah, we can laugh at that thing back back in Bobby Riggs and all that, but things are not very laughable now, especially for the great female athletes that are out there. I support women's sports 100%. I yeah, love, I I love to too. watch it. I do, too. I watch the women's basketball more than the men's basketball. They're fundamentally sound, and they play better basketball. When uh, Years ago, when Missouri's football team was horrendous, oh, I'm sorry, that's now, too. Uh, <laughs> and East St. Louis was running on a dominant streak through the state of Illinois, winning state championship after state championship in football. People were saying East St. Louis could beat Missouri. Missouri's <laughs> worst team would beat East St. Louis's best team by a hundred points if they wanted to. It's, there's just such a difference between Division One college football and the best high school football. Just remember this: the best players on East St. Louis might be backups on Missouri's team. Right, right. Well, you got too much common sense, and so do I. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what happens in the NFL. You're a number one pick. You're a first-round draft pick. Guess what? Now you're playing against a bunch of other ones. You're not playing against some slug from, you know, down the street anymore. You're playing against the best. And there are plenty of people that don't make it despite their reputation. That's exactly true. 100% spot on. Well, good stuff today, Cleo. Yeah, glad I got a hold of you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. Yeah, a lot of truth in that stuff. Lots of truth in what Cleo said. And, you know, this this Cori Bush character, she just needs to go. But she's not going to go. Here's another little tidbit for you. I'll talk about corruption. Here's some more. Biden's administration did involve itself in the raid of Mar-a-Lago. Remember they had kept saying that they, they didn't know about it. In fact, they found out about it on the news and social media. Except the report came out. The evidence suggests that Biden officials in the executive office, executive office of the president and the Department of Justice, unlawfully abused their power and then lied about it to the American people. This comes from Reed Rubenstein, America First Legal Senior Counsel. He's the director of oversight and investigations. He said, this government, it seems, acknowledges no limits on its power to harass, intimidate, and silence its political opponents. A Freedom of Information Act request by America's First Legal found the FBI initially obtained access to Trump records through a special access request from the Biden White House. (laughs) It never ends, does it? We'll get into that more tomorrow. But we're glad we're back. We're glad you're back listening, and we're happy to keep it going. We will, every day, fight the good fight for you because somebody has to. Right here on the Window World King's Court and KevinSlaytonShow.com. Remember the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, right here on our website. And we'll be back tomorrow fighting for you. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. 
Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.